This, this program, program is intended for mature, mature audiences, audiences only. Altitude just just may contain language, language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Wow, that was unique. That was the first time that happened. It just the whole all the audio drop seemed to drop out. But that was just for us. Yeah. Probably not for for the feed. Um, good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis. It's 2 p.m. Central Time on Saturday, October the 9th. Uh, joining me today, my co-hosts Leonard and Warren, and we look forward to an exciting conversation today. We're going to talk a little bit about sex work. Uh, actually, I'm going to let I'm going to let one of you guys kind of start the discussion off. <laughs> well, in my research, getting ready for the show, I came across a couple of de uh, definitions. Well, one everybody has familiar with: prostitution is the practice, business, occupation of engaging in sex act with someone for money. Okay, everybody know that. Mm -hmm. uh, it said that there are forty-two million prostitutes worldwide. And what I did know that there are some definitions in prostitutions. Uh, prohibitionism is where it's considered prostitution is fully illegal. Neo-abolitionism considers prostitution as violence against women. So therefore, pimps and clients are prosecuted, but not the prostitute themselves. And then there's abolitionism, where it considers prostitution legal, but public solicitation, operating a brothel, or pimping is prohibited. So I was just like, I didn't know there was that many degrees, if you will, of steps mm -hmm. involved in prostitution. And we also know that there are other, I guess, sex work industries, sex work that this are is... not... That are other than prostitutes, so right. we, so we, so let's not say that. So it's a broad prostitution area. is a whole in all. Right, right. But no, a lot of times when they making the discussion, it's usually prostitution is the primary uh, go to for sex work. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so part of it was uh, one of the things that I, I want to kind of touch on was. Uh, Decriminalization or legalization? Okay. Um, for me, I, I know we we had a, a little bit of a discussion prior to the show starting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well. for, for me, um, I just want to kind of touch on the the decriminalization and legalization issue. Okay. So we've got a patchwork of that uh, in our own country and across the the globe. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's, you know, pros and cons of each. And, um, I, originally I was for decriminalization and decriminalization just means, you know, police can't arrest sex workers for doing their job basically. And that the government mm -hmm. took a hands-off approach and that, you know, those people were free to do their business, um, without intervention because they weren't create, uh, committing any crime. But I've since now fallen to the legalization. Um, legalization says, you know, you're, you're making a salary, so the government can now tax you. Um, exactly. And now you get protections from the government because you are an industry um, that's legal to operate within the, the borders of the country. So how you guys fall out? Well, <laughs> I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into a statement that's gonna get me hit upside the head, screamed at by women's groups everywhere. But okay. uh, this was something my daddy said to me when I was in my late teens, early twenties. Mm -hmm. I used to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna go get married, so I ain't gotta pay for it and all this." My daddy said, well, when you marry, son, you're paying for it, too. 
you're buying you're, you're you're paying for car notes and mortgages and rent you're buying washers and dryers and stoves and refrigerators and all that mm-hmm. so he said that's just he called it legal and i remember the conversation we were having yesterday about their sanction criminality mm-hmm. and unsanctioned criminality <laughs> okay okay so if i look at it that way i was seeing this sanction mm-hmm. but uh i was uh i was always saying okay if we make it legal and tax them like everybody else's tax then we could use those police resources instead of having them trying to come down on something that's been around since biblical days mm-hmm. And use it for actual crime that 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 is hurting everyone. But you know, for the people that believe it, that believe that it should be criminalized, and we should go after, and we should we should spend all this money on doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something I didn't. I, I historically I didn't believe on. Mm-hmm. So you know, just even to the point where in high school I wrote a research paper for a class about society and law and where I'm, I wrote up an argument favoring legalizing prostitution and collecting tax money for it. Let's, mm-hmm. let's get some money out of these folks to fix our roads and stuff. Mm-hmm. So why do you guys think, uh, that it became illegal in the first place? What, what's the issue? If I look at it in America, it was the church movement uh just like you know alcohol uh they, they call it the tolerance movement or was it the temperance movement where they wanted you know the people in church wanted all this stuff illegalized that was against the church teachings mm-hmm. and you know with doing the alcohol we came up with you know what was today what is today's organized crime movement how al capone and those gangsters made their living off of uh illegal liquor dutch vices and those type of people vices yeah and i don't have no exact research that says that it's that but when i look at everything in the history of the church movements here in the united states i think that's where it came from I could be wrong. So if somebody know better, let me know. <laughs> well, I I kind of think that um, there is a, a force at play that there are people who want to control other people's lives. Uh, and I think we see that in our politics today. And so I think that was a part of it that because we, we know that a lot of those people who were uh, fighting against those vices were actually partaking in those vices when they were not in public view. So, so, so then, then the, the question is, well, why are they, you know, fighting so hard to control an environment that they actually want to be in? And, and so I just, I think we, you know, part of that movement, a part of that, uh, what happens there has to do with people just wanting to interject themselves into other people's lives. So yeah. being hypocritical, in other words. <laughs> Took yeah. the word out of my mouth, Leonard. <laughs> oh, ye hypocrite. Who said that? <laughs> That's in the Bible a few times, I believe. <laughs> Jesus was talking about the religious zealots, as they call them. Because they got caught so many times doing the exact things they were saying you shouldn't do. You know, that's, that's the problem with, um, religious, religious zealots. Uh, they are doing the very same things knowingly or unknowingly that they preach against. Yeah. I, I don't. Okay. So, so you guys know how I am about religion. Right. Um, and so I've tried to to not make the show about religion because, you know, when you right. get into that, that argument or that discussion, um, people all aren't gonna, aren't gonna own up to, they're not gonna own up to their, 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 what they're saying because they can always go back and say, God says this. And then, and then 
the discussion breaks down because they're, you're having a discussion with God through this person. So I, I understand. Okay. But so, we're, we're talking about what people do, not what God says. And if you're saying one thing and doing the exact same thing that you shouldn't just saying you shouldn't do, then, I mean, it is what it is, but, I, but I get the point about religion. You know? Okay. So, so, uh, part of what I think a lot of people ex uh, were against as far as uh, legalizing sex work is that there are a lot of ancillary crime or bad influences that surround that industry. So there's the drugs, there's the, uh, you know, selling of people, uh, trafficking, there's, uh, uh, and a lot of people, even though they're having, there's not a real strong definition of um, uh, porn. The, you know, the, the porn industry has a negative connotation. And I think um, because, because the sex work industry has been forced into not being a part of the mainstream society, you know, mm. they can, it's easily for them, easy for them to become the boogeyman. So, so they can blame crime on, um, they can blame drug abuse on pro uh, prostitution that, that because a because a person who's, who's working sex working, uh, may do drugs, then the reason they're doing that is because of the industry that they're in. And we know that there are drug users in, in boardrooms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there are patrons of the sex work industry in boardrooms right and practitioners in the sex work industry who practice their craft when they're not in boardrooms so to speak so it's it, it it goes all over and when you say there's no hard was no hard definition it just remind me of the people talk about the Supreme Court mm -hmm. <laughs> and say no one could really I could really define obscenity, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> right. Right. And, so, and I'm sorry. Sometimes that makes sense. Sometimes um, I see things and and I know it makes sense. Um, and then there are times when that that doesn't apply. So right. I know it when I see it. Uh, you know, it's good to have it's good to, uh, in, in a lot of instances to have those hard definitions so that, so that you don't get into gray areas because everything is, I, I think very few things in life that don't have gray areas. And, and one of the things that, you know, we, we've been talking about is, you know, people, um, everyone wants to have an individual definition of something, and then they want to try to impose that upon other people. And I think once you have a hard definition, then people can't um, co-opt other activities into something that that the rest of us hasn't agreed should be in that in that category. Well, that's one thing. But when you also <clears throat> when you're trying to put legal consequences on somebody, whether it be civil or criminal, you need to have a hard decision instead of just going there saying well i think you did this and i know it when i see it so therefore i'm mm -hmm. gonna mm -hmm. do this to you mm -hmm. you know uh just like here in this country we're talking about where there's some places prostitution has a limited legal a limitedly legal like in nevada there's like five or six counties where people think it's legal that it, it is not okay. like Clark County, which includes the city of Las Vegas. It's not legal in mm -hmm. Las mm -hmm. Vegas, but you go to the county. I forget which county it was in Nevada. They had the Mustang ranch mm -hmm. and the other ranch. The it's legal ranch. there mm -hmm. and you're allowed to have the brothels, mm -hmm. but they're also the, the earnings of these places are also subject to federal income taxation. 
So it was the workers. It's the brothel itself. Like I forgot the man's name who started the old Mustang rent. Mm -hmm. I remember he was on Oprah's show some years ago. He's saying that one year he paid $5 million in income tax, you know, uh, (laughs) Five million in taxes. In taxes. Five million so, in taxes. So wow. Oh no, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Maybe hold on. Let me let okay. me revise that. It. it was five hundred thousand dollars okay. okay. in taxes. That's gonna that's and gonna that's make a big still, difference. And yeah, that's still and, and five hundred thousand is still a lot of taxes. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah, you know, I look at uh like Exxon Mobil oil, and last year I had this. It was in 1996. They paid zero income tax, and that was a multi-billion-dollar-a-year corporation back then. And they paid zero in income tax. <laughs> well, yeah, well, okay. You know, so the one, I'm sorry, go ahead, Warren. Well, I'm just, you know, the good old tax system. They got all sorts of loopholes and ways to get around that. That's why the rich uh, keep getting richer because they don't even pay taxes like we do, fairly. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I was, when you, when you were uh, um, putting forth that story, uh, so the the bunny ranch paid taxes Mm -hmm. and the individual ladies probably had to pay taxes on their individual income. So, so in the, in the case of a corporation, um, you've got, you've got individual workers paying taxes on their income and then the Mm -hmm. company getting off. I, I don't want to call it getting off. Then the company not paying wages on their uh, earnings, and correct. And one of the things, well, okay. So I have a, a different aspect of the the corporate tax rate, but since we're we're talking about sex workers, I don't I didn't want to jump off mm-hmm. into the corporate world. You don't want to jump off, sure, yeah. sure. But um, uh, so so part of that earnings thing is that is that if you legalize it, then you can tax it because it is income because you, you are doing it as a job. And, and I know you've right. pointed out that, um, that domestically, uh, women can, um, you know, I'm, I'm almost hesitant to go there because, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't, I see those two things as completely different. Um, okay. I don't have a problem um, with my, with my wife, uh, sharing in my wealth. That's, that's, you know, I believe that she is entitled to that because she's helping me earn that. Um, and so I see those as different, but, (laughs) but, uh, you know, so what I'm saying is that when people are uh, doing this as a, uh, a job and uh, there's obviously a market for it. It, as you said, it has been around since, since mankind, you know? Right. So there's obviously a market for it. Um, and I think a lot of times what we do is what people, when they want to demonize something, they don't look at what are some of the benefits of what's happening. You know, there are, there are guys who like are in those corporate boardrooms who are busier than, you know, what they're running all over the country. Um, and if they, if they had a wife, they would be away from their wife so much time that the wife then would, you know, feel that there wasn't a marriage. So, so how does that person get intimacy? You mean the wife? No, the, okay. Well, the both of them, <laughs> yeah, both of them, the both right. of them. Right. Yeah, right. The both of them. In, in that case, in that case, how, how do <laughs> both of them get intimacy? Well, they just have to be creative and figure out ways to get together unless they wanted to go outside the marriage. And then, and then, so then what we're doing is encouraging, um, sham marriages, marriages where the commitment is only for, um, when we're together and then when we're apart and we need other things to make our marriage whole, then we'll just drag those into our relationship. And then, and then we've changed, then we've changed the definition of marriage. Well, yeah, the, uh, but then that question would be, what is the definition of marriage? I agree. I agree. But, but 
<laughs> marriage. So uh, since we're going to split off into marriage, <laughs> you know, I'm, I think I, my thought is marriage is a couple. It's, it's, it's a couple of It's two people trying to, um, make a go of it as a team. Now, I, I know that there are other definitions, <clears throat> but you know, let me start there. And you notice I well, didn't say man and woman. I said a couple. Right. I, uh, you know, it's that's one of the things that's talked about well, again. Again, sex, the sex work industry, because it, it uh, fosters the breakup of marriage. I mean, how many how many divorces have happened because and it's usually nine times out of ten. The woman finds out that her husband been stepping out on her with actual prostitutes or just with some lady that he's keeping as a kept woman in some other building. Or how many times have husbands you found out found out he had two wives or three wives and a couple kids with each one. And he's got two or three different families. And it's usually the man doing this stuff. It's, it's rare, at least it's been rarely reported, mm -hmm. that it's a woman doing these type of things. So so one thing so that I, you I'll just said, one of the things that you just said made me think, you know, there is another aspect to sex work. So you are talking about that woman on the side, that kept woman. So she mm -hmm. knows her existence, or, you know, her living is based on his financial, um, his financial involvement, and and they understand that it's that it can be a mostly financial arrangement, um, mm -hmm. and that offers her some security uh, as far as you know not having to um, have multiple clients, you know things like that. And I I don't want to boil it down to that, but there but that can be shoehorned or fitted into the, the um, term sex work. Well, and then what happens when there's this guy, he's a corporate bigwig or he owns two or three businesses or what have you. And he has a woman on the side. And after a year or two, she decides to push him into getting a divorce from his wife and his two kids. Because she's tired of being the one on the side. She wants to be the one now. And so maybe it started off as just a financial intimacy and relationship. And then now the side woman decides she wants to be the woman. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean I mean you know, you know the, it, it could branch it could branch off of starting that as we say, you know, just just what can happen, because you know, just just getting together for those sexual trysts, and you know, just assuming you're touching each other, you're satisfying each other sexually, it can lead to being okay. This is more than just a sex thing now. You know, it could get to leading to some feelings and and what and, have you. And then, it may never if somebody's married. It mess up stuff, <laughs> but it may it may never get to the um, emotional aspect because she may see being his wife, she's entitled to half of his uh, his his wealth. Uh, it yeah. would become their wealth at that point, and so her motivation <laughs> doesn't have to be feelings; it can be um, financial security. Absolutely, sure, absolutely. I mean. How many times have we heard about couples going into divorce court and <clears throat> like you said, they're suing it become about the wealth. Or I got my like uh my wife and I like to watch these she calls them her psycho things, but it's it's uh uh movies where you know the uh, the uh detectives solving crimes and they showed a picture they showed an episode of this one of this one movie where the wife was like okay i know he's hiding assets from me so i want you know she went to this lawyer and said i want you to find the other asset mm -hmm. 
-hmm. because he, the guy was giving her $2 million and her business, but she wanted more. Mm -hmm. And you know, who, who's to say she, she's not entitled to that, you know, or not. Well, if he's hiding it, he's definitely entitled. Yeah. When the lawyer looked up and saw what was going on and researched the guy's ass, she's, she's telling, he's telling the wife, he's not worth as much as you think he is. He's not hiding nothing from you. After that two million dollars, you're basically getting more of the uh, of the marital estate y'all had than he has, and he's giving you your business. Yeah, but I mean, you made you made the point of um, you know there are guy there are people that go into court, and the the opposing lawyer finds that that one person is hiding assets. If they're hiding right. assets, then it's it's joint assets. It belongs right. to the, it belongs to the couple. And so right. if they're, if they're out there hiding assets, then you, you, the, the, I think it, it's natural to assume that they're hiding assets from the individual that they, they deserve. They rightly deserve access. to. Right. Right. <clears throat> so one of the right. things, go ahead. One, did you have something Warren? No, no, go ahead. Uh-huh. So, so one of the, <laughs> one of the things that that I did want to cover, you know, as far as legalization goes. Uh, and I, and I think I mentioned this to you guys before is that if you start to legalize it or if you, I don't say start to legalize it. So if it becomes legal and there's all of those protections there, it becomes a more attractive career path. And so the current, the concern or the, I, the, what I want to to at least approach is, mm. you know, is that something that we want to be able to, while we want to protect people that have made that choice, is it something that we want to hold up as a career path? Well, yeah, I think you, um, if it's legal, it's protected. Why wouldn't it? Why shouldn't it be? And uh, also, what I was going to bring up was the fact that once it's legal, what what are your stands on uh, regulating this legal business and industry? Like what? Like what? Well, we what know it's going to be taxed, but right. are there going to be guidelines as far as health and safety and protections? Do they have to get uh, tested for uh, STDs? Should they be required certain vaccinations and that type of thing, since this is gonna be a legal uh, industry? Mm-hmm. Once you legalize something, you know, the government comes in, if they see areas where they need to uh, have- uh, Protect the public. Restraints, guidelines, and that, you know, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother story there that we didn't really deal with. Go ahead, Lenny. Well, definitely what you have to look at as you brought up on is, you know, the public safety aspect of the diseases. And, you know, how often do we make you go get checked out by mm-hmm. clinics? Are we going to have public clinics where you got to go so we know you are doing it? Uh, do we want to have what we call real light districts? Well, there's certain areas in the city that you can practice your craft. If we catch you in other areas, it becomes you get arrested and you get and you get done in. Uh, you know, legally speaking. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of extra there's a lot of extra things to consider rather than just saying, Yeah, I want to make it legal and we just want them to clear their income so they can pay tax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there there's a lot that comes in with it. You know, there's a lot of extra things you've got to consider. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I mean, so that zoning idea, I mean, you know, so if we look at it and we say, well, of course you, if, you know, that kind of business, if, if, um, if it's one person, uh, there's only so many clients, I'm guessing that they can service in a day. Um, hmm. So, but there, there's going to be some additional traffic in the neighborhood, 
Um, if you if you're raising kids in that neighborhood, there may be some concern that you have about mm -hmm. that kind of traffic that is drawn. So so yeah. if we then as a society decide we're going to have zones, we're going to put these in zones. You know what? What are the positives and negatives of having those zones? Right. Because recently and, we, and th throughout the last few years in the United States, we've had you know, people that serial killers target sex workers. And if you mm -hmm. put them all in a certain area, it sure makes it a lot more convenient. It's like, it's like creating a supermarket for a, a serial killer. Yeah. And I, I can tell you that most people that live in residential areas where uh, these businesses would be operating out of wouldn't be that happy about it because like the crime the image you know mm -hmm. the traffic the associated things like drugs and other things so that that's a whole other issue where where can they be where can they legally operate mm -hmm. right now i do think individuals doing it say out of their homes as long as they had uh limited traffic I think that I see that could happen, but then again, still neighbors in, uh, in the neighborhood would, would try to probably stop it, you know, if they knew that was going on. So you're going to have constant battles with where it's allowed legally. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I think, go ahead. Well, <laughs> excuse me. I've seen, like when I was in college, I took a trip over to Europe, part of my foreign study, and I don't know if it's still done, but in Europe, they used to have this thing. If you go into Amsterdam, uh, you go on window shopping. That was an area that they set up for the ladies of the evening to work. And it was like a, you, you look at an old, you think about an old uh, town, and, and in their shopping district, there was a bunch of little shops. They had the big glass window and, the and you know, the glass in the door. And that's where the ladies of the evening were set up. So if the, if you walk by the shop and the shade was up and the shade on the door was up and the woman was sitting in a, on the lounger or something in the, in the window kind of showing her wares, <laughs> you could go in and, <laughs> and uh, set up a transaction, so to speak. Okay. And if you walk by and the, when, and the shade was down and the, and the shade was down on the door, she was conducting business i mean if you were going to do it that's one way to to do it i'm sure and i'm sure other places get other ways to do it but uh you know there was no houses in that district there was no churches in that district uh what have you you know so yeah that's one way to do it and if you have a district and like you know you mentioned the serial killer aspect of it and and that would be a market for him, but also that's a great place for the police to start to start their investigation and, and to find these people because you know we got serial killers now in this society and they they they're in all kinds of places. So there's there's a strictly from a positive and negative standpoint, there's reasons to do it. And there's reasons not to do it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to put into place, uh, I'm trying to clean up this, uh, this. So do you think they should have like security, uh, for, for those zones where, you know, lots of cameras, maybe even, uh, patrols to go through and make sure they keep an eye on the situation that that the serial killers aren't stalking these customers or are the workers. I think, I think that's something that should be considered. Absolutely be considered, you know, uh, if you have, let's just say you have a six by six block area and <clears throat> you don't have no churches going there. You don't have no residential living there. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would definitely, if it was up to me, 
and we were going to do with this. I would definitely want some cameras there. I would definitely put some police presence there, <clears throat> you know, at least during the evening to watch. I mean, what was it? Uh, in the last three, three weeks to a month, there's been a serial killer killing sex workers here in St. Louis. Right. That's what I, That was one of the things that yeah, I was talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and so you know that they're trying to get them. I mean, the police are out there looking for him and and trying to get this guy. You, you know, and I mean, <clears throat> that's something that you have to consider. I think that I think that's a good consideration. Do I want to keep it in the camera area? Do I want to keep extra police down there, police on patrol? You know, and I mean, those are things to consider. Okay, so here's one question, because we, we, we're trying to stay off the religious thing, but do you think a church should have uh, a right or they have sufficient grounds to try to block a sex work establishment uh, within, a, from, within a certain uh, area, distance from their building that gets played out uh by all the legal means and that thing whether it's a a zoning ordinance board or whether they gotta go to court to stop it or what have you those <clears throat> those things are are available to their church to definitely do that uh you know it was i was thinking about this uh supreme court case that set the precedent that cities states and government authorities can't give can't pawn off their law giving their 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 law executing responsibilities oh, yeah. to uh private groups or private citizens like the texas abortion law is doing mm. okay but you know it the Supreme Court chose because, you know, we got a certain political leaning justices on the court that's got the overwhelming majority. We're just not going to do it and we're going to let Texas have their way. And a, a court of appeals in the federal court just did it this week that they voted, you know, for Texas to have this law. And we don't care, you know, what things says. We have our political leanings and we're gonna we're gonna do this because the underground thing is something we don't wanna do. Well So yeah, I'm sure you're gonna get a fight either way on that. <laughs> well so so you pointed out a religious objection to. And so I I don't see any difference difference between a religious objection and a, a neighborhood saying, um, we want something different. You know, we don't want this in our neighborhood. So, right. um, so whether it's, whether it's a religious organization, whether it's a, a neighborhood watch group, whether it's a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a t uh, um, co-op, uh, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. You know, a how you know you got a housing subdivision, and they've got a uh, get what the term is, but they object homeowners to association. homeowners associations. You know, all of those groups are going to be able to, uh, just like any anything else that goes on in our society, they're going to be able to have some input on it, and so mm -hmm. and so the idea then becomes, you know. Uh, addressing all of those things in a in a way that uh, allows us to move forward as a country is that is that fair yeah so technically you're saying they would all use the same channels to voice their uh disagreements or right. objections it, it doesn't it wouldn't matter it wouldn't matter what their what their reason for their objection you know they're going to sure. make that case that they have an objection to something happening in their area and and then it'll be dealt with um so you know i i don't i don't care what you do somebody's not gonna like it 
you, you can open, open up a nursery school. Somebody's not going to like it. You know, someone's going to have some objections to it. And the idea is, how do we then have those things in our society that, that we deem acceptable? And, so, and not everybody's going to accept everything. How do we how do we implement those things so that we we create the least amount of friction? Fair. Fair. I mean, that's things. Refer huh? when you say implement things, are you referring to bringing in such a type of business into the neighborhood? How does how do you do that? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, we. If we if we legalize sex work, <clears throat> if we legalize sex work, then we have to give sex workers a place where they can work, right? Sure. And yeah. so, if everybody is going not my not my block, not my block, not my block, then somebody's going to have to be unhappy. And so, we're just going to have to do those things that we have to do. Um, to to. <clears throat> because we've legalized it and, and, and we put it into place. We, we make it work. We make it happen. Yeah. Well, I think they have enough establishments operating right now to, to have some precedence on how it's done, but then you still have to go through the process of dealing with the objections through whatever legal recourse they have, and then just kind of work that out on a case by case situation, I would imagine. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Town hall meetings, uh, things like that. Oh, we've seen how those have gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> we see. I mean, I I just think that in this in this environment that this current environment that we're in, it's it's going to be. People have been emboldened to challenge any and everything, and with challenging any and everything, they're not willing to understand that I, I'm, I want, if I'm going to give up something, I'd like something in return. It is, I want what I want and I don't want to give up anything. I don't want anybody else to have what they want. And so I think it's, I think, I think we've, we've run into a situation where it would be difficult, especially for something like this, that's controversial, that's highly controversial. And I, so when I say highly controversial, you know, I mean, you know that it, it it used to be the idea that <clears throat> that a majority of that wanted something it mattered i don't i don't feel that that's the same anymore well one of our main governmental entities showed you that uh the US Senate with this filibuster thing and supermajority show you that the minority, if they want to, can hold stuff up mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. So, like I say, just it's with anything, a certain amount of people want it. They go through whatever the prescribed legal channels are for that community, whether it's a zoning board, a zoning ordinance board, ordinance board. You have to take it and put it on the ballot, let the public vote on it. Or, you know, let the uh, city council or, or in the case of St. Louis, the board of aldermen vote on it and, you know, it's signed off with the mayor's signature. However, it is in that in that particular community. Yeah, but and they got to go. But they got to go through everything they got to to get it done. But but we, we've got people threatening school board members because they're trying to yeah. have those meetings and have those discussions and trying right. to come to an agreement and now they're being threatened right. so yes. so so people don't want to accept that they don't want to accept having a conversation about making change right they've just planted a flag <clears throat> in the sand and said you know it does not matter how you try to get across this flag i'm not going to i'm not going to join you i'm not going to participate in the discussion i'm not going to be reasonable. Right. And then if you don't give me my way, I'm going to automatically say you cheated and you done, you done something untoward and I'm willing to kill for it. 
Mm-hmm. That's where we've gotten. That's where we've. That's gotten. where we've gotten in this country now. That's where we're at. So, so, so you know, I mean, you, you and I, and Warren, um, like the idea of having discussions and creating a plan and implementing something that's reasonable. But how do you talk to someone that that doesn't want to be reasonable, that does not want to move, that's saying, you know, I am, I am here. And I am not going to be moved and you're not going to, you're not going to get me with logic. You're not going to get me with reason. You're not going to get me with anything. I've just decided this is what I want and, and I'm willing to die for it or kill for it. Well, just put yourself in that situation and say you were that person raising all those objectives and clowning flat out being belligerent Mm -hmm. and ignorant Mm -hmm. in front of the law enforcement mm-hmm. how do you see that playing out well so, well, so go ahead i'm going to i was getting ready to say if it's me uh you warren and leon doing that and you say in front of law enforcement it's already been shown mm-hmm. in this country you'll be gunned down mm-hmm. whether or not you have any weapons you'll be gunned down and the actual people that did it will get away with it <laughs> They'll get away with it. Uh, You know, I believe that we're still going through all this stuff with the January the 6th thing in this country because of the people that were there. Because of the people who, who were there. And now you're talking about this issue with the sex workers and allowing them to be in places and what have you. That would be such an explosive thing. You think these people have gone crazy now? Oh man. And that's what I'm saying is, is, is if you can't talk, if you can't have a conversation, if you can't put ideas on the table and examine those ideas critically and objectively, it is going to be difficult or nearly impossible to get anywhere. You, we're going to stay in one place. And that's where we, we are now, right now. We are not progressing. We are not moving forward. We are not solving problems. We are not addressing issues. We are fighting for a simple existence. And, and you know, issues like this need to be addressed um, because sex workers are getting hurt. They're getting killed. Their livelihood is... You know, I'm sure some of them are, many of them are in the homeless factor that's, uh, that's in plaguing our cities. There's a lot of them, you know, taking up hospital beds, a lot of them getting sick from the COVID because they can't get out of the elements. And so, and so in order to solve problems, in order to better the community, we have to have, we have to be able to address solutions. And we've reached a point where we can no longer address solutions. It's either implement something by force or it doesn't get implemented. And you just talked about um, Mitch McConnell um, on this this debt limit thing. That's absolutely insane. For <laughs> for years, we, we've been dealing with kicking the can the road down the road with the debt limit stuff. And we're right back here talking about We'll address it in two months. And Mitch McConnell says, I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I think the the other side, opposite side of Mitch McConnell, are giving in to him. He's like, well, we'll only do it till December, and we'll only do it my way. Say, no. You want to go past that? You don't want the country to find? Fine. Are you willing so our country don't pay these forces to give up the filibuster? We want it all. Anytime something comes up to be discussed, I mean, I'm just talking to me. Anytime mm-hmm. something come up to be discussed, we don't want you phoning stuff in and say, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get all these people to automatically say no. It needs to go through discussion. We need to work our problems. We got to the point, like you said, we're not about solutions. We're about giving up we're about either my way or the highway type of mentality. Mm-hmm. 
and until he became uh he became the leader of the party uh we could do that because you know they just talk so much about when reagan was president and how he was able to sit down with the other side and they would make deals and they would get things done with this guy you can't do it and so you know it's just like hey we're going to give back to you what you want to give i mean i remember the last time that his party forced the government to shut down and members of his party was going out to these national monuments and stuff where like the park rangers and stuff had to be out there with no pay and they were out there harassing these people it was the members of the government who shut it down went out there and harassed these folks now how much more do you think they're going to be harassing the sex workers <clears throat> and all this and like you said with all the things that could come the diseases the other public safety issues where we need people to sit down and talk not be up there holding 60% majority, uh, super majorities. Right, and, <clears throat> and and the difficulty is that we just, I can't, we can't force someone to be rational and reasonable. You can't. You just absolutely cannot. So, so what do you, we are about to find out what happens when people lose the ability or lose the desire to participate rationally and reasonably in self-governance. Yeah, you're right. We are about to find out because things uh, won't change until, until things change. People that don't want to come to the table, sit down and have the discussion that you keep bringing up, there's going to have to be something to uh, force them to change. I think you know, if they feel they can just take over meetings and <clears throat> violent ways, you know, that, that's not going to work. But I right think now, we've already seen it challenged. What do you think? I what? think we've already, I think we've already seen what happens when people won't do that. If 700, if plus 701,000 people, dying of a virus doesn't get it that across. Was that was preventable. That was preventable. It's 100% preventable. It was preventable. Or, <clears throat> or at least, at least it, we could have mitigated the situation to make it so that 700,000 people didn't die. Right. I mean, we could be sitting up here now with at most 100,000 people did at most. I, I said I mean, less than that. <clears throat> I, I think it could be less than that, but I'm saying at most, right? Because we had a we had a previous guy who knew about it, shoot, four or five months before it hit, and he did nothing about it. And then we got him on tape saying, "Well, I just want to play it down because I like playing it down." Yeah, but the blaming That's of kind of crazy stuff. But then playing the blame game, <clears throat> it's a it's a China virus. By playing the blame game, we don't examine our behavior so that we can be better at, at avoiding it the next time. As long as we're looking to blame other folks and not looking to what? say, this is, this is what we should do to make sure right. that, you know, we're better so that, so that I, we don't have to kill 700 people. As long as we yeah. keep looking at the other guy, we're never going to fix things. I agree with you a hundred percent. And you know, when I look at the thing, I look about what happened here. Now, as I see things that happen, there's some blame for China to go around. But once our intelligence people told us what's going to happen here, what happened, there were some acts that we could have done. I mean, uh, the presidency before the previous guy had left a book on what to do when we're threatened with this type of situation. We don't have to let it get to the pandemic level and <clears throat> you know there's people out there telling lies telling outright lies we're telling people things like swallow bleach uh regeneron which was made for an eye medication 
uh, were telling them to take stuff that was made to stop worms and uh, parasites in horses and cows and stuff. Instead of making a medicine that was specifically made to mitigate the virus for humans. So we, I, we're I, going through everything else and it's not working. I, I want to, uh, and, and so I, I get what you got. You're, you're saying you're, you're talking about conspiracy theories and, and I'm, I'm not going to say what the contents of this video is because I, I think it's, it's not good. It's not good that that to, to amplify that. Uh, right. but I received, uh, uh, our resident, our resident conspiracy theorist, um, um, reporter, I'm going to call him a reporter because he, he doesn't <laughs> believe all of these things. He just runs across them and, <laughs> and he's, and he, he sends them out so that we are aware. Cause I, I, I cannot imagine ever have coming across this video. You know, which one I'm talking about. Uh, okay. let's, let's, let's check it out. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to do that. That's, <laughs> I don't, don't want to do man. that. Scared out, man. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, because it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But, and, but how do you, how do you, ex how do you reveal how crazy this stuff is if you can't? put it out there i mean people some people don't know okay so how, how so you want to create what this craziness is you want to tell them i'm not even sure which video it is oh uh <laughs> so this morning I like crazy stuff every day and so and, and i appreciate i just want you to know i appreciate you sending me this stuff because i never would i never so so um i didn't want to to talk about it because I thought it was really crazy, but I guess Warren has made a point of at least uh, presenting it and then giving people the opportunity to determine for themselves. So Warren sent a video this morning where um, some guy created a montage of that um, supposedly R. Kelly is going to <laughs> Uh, tell on other celebrities that supposedly dated uh, underage girls. Now, I don't know where the guy got this information. In the I watched the stupid ass video, and even in the video, he doesn't give you his sources or even give right. you a credible idea that he's got credible sources. But the right. fact that he he has a subscriber base, the fact that he put that video together. I mean, somebody with some editing skills put the video together. So this wasn't just, just slammed together a bunch of videos. But um, it was, I'm just listening to this guy and I'm going, you gotta freaking be kidding me. I have not been locked up in my house that long that this made sense to me. <laughs> you know, man, I, I don't, where do people come up with this crap? I don't know. Uh, well, first thing that came across my mind was, okay, the damn trial is over. If, if all of this shit was real, if R. Kelly had some shit that he was going to do, it's a little fucking late. It's now. a little fucking late. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not necessarily <laughs> because you have people that get caught and stuff and get caught doing stuff now because they got caught they want to spring up on others just like i used you know i was a firefighter with the city of st louis mm. one guy got caught with the st louis fire department out at lambert airport uh doing some drugs or having some drugs on him and mm -hmm. he decided he was going to tell off on others because he messed this stuff up yeah but, right. but warren's so talking about they're, they're he's they decide they'll tell on other people. But R. Kelly because... has already been convicted. The trial is over, yes. isn't it? Yes. Right. yes. If he was going to make a deal, if he was going to make a deal, he would have made it before he went to trial, wouldn't he? Would think. <laughs> you would think, but it's not a deal now. It's not about making a deal. It's about I hate that I got caught, and I know of other people doing this, 
So I want to bring somebody else down because misery loves company. Yeah. I didn't follow the R. Kelly trial. I'm I'm just not, you know, I'm just understanding that it's over. Um, well, I mean, it took about 15 years at least to bring this guy to justice. Yeah, but my thing has always been okay, if you got evidence on this guy that he was screwing and having sex with underage girl, why didn't you bring that evidence and make a uh, charge him and convict him? Well, he was charged once, people? he was charged once, and he beat the rap. Okay, so, but so they, they claimed, kept going till they found they some new evidence. The they claim the whole time that they had evidence. My right. thing is bring it and let's see it. Well, bring he's been convicted now. He's a, is, as far as I know, from what you guys are saying, he's a convicted felon. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I, for me, I'm moving on forward. It's not about what happened or didn't happen in the past. It's about, it's about some guy putting together a video claiming that there are other folks that R. Kelly is going to tell on. Oh, all righty. We are done I believe it when he tells on them. <laughs> we are done for today. Any any last comments before we go? And keep them short, please. And no new we're conspiracy the, theories. We're from the show me state. Show us. Show us. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this afternoon. We'll be back next week. It's an altitude adjustment. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>